welcome to another book on the shelf podcast i'm jet and i'm jen and we are on episode 112 i know so crazy truly wild if you've been here a while uh we sort of have a graphic novel book club that's not like official but it's like official (laughs) right (laughs) we were like maybe we should do this and then like kind of just started reading more graphic novels without really formalizing it so now this is the graphic novel book club graphic novel book club um because we've definitely had some ep- uh, book club episodes yes that were graphic novels um shade the changing girl fa- uh fabulous killjoys yes. we did spooky season last fall which was something is killing, killing the children, the children? <laughs> that was we almost didn't get there. <laughs> we know what's happening <laughs> i'm trying to think if there been others I thought there had been, but now Me I'm too. not so sure. Same. Anyways, there's going to be more. We have at least one more plan for this year. So Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so... I think uh, maybe because we've talked to... Um, oh, yeah. Stephanie yeah. Cook. Yes. About them. And then we also just had one on graphic... Like, just an episode of, like, yeah. the graphic novel medium um, kind of a thing. Um, I feel like we may have referred to it as a genre, but it should be medium. We're learning. Um, so we just decided to like pick some graphic novels to read now. Um, yeah. Also because it's January and we needed something that was like, okay, like the subject matter isn't easy to read, but no, graphic novels are easier to read. Yes. <laughs> also though, like I've actually, knock on wood, been reading so far this year. Nice. Uh, what? Yeah. Uh, also, if you've been around for the last couple of years, you know that that is hard. Despite having a book podcast, reading is hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like I read a book not for the podcast. Oh. Uh-huh. Well done. I know. Uh, I've read extra volumes of this. Oh, nice. I haven't gotten that far. Um, and I've been doing really good with my audiobook. So, you know. Amazing. We're getting there. We're getting there. That's great. <laughs> Uh, that being said, uh, we are going to talk about Fatal, uh, by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. I kind of figured it was time to, like, if we're doing graphic novels, we got to talk about Brubaker, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, we're talking about the volumes one and two, mostly, yes. of Fatal. There are five, um, which I'll get into later, but, because <laughs> I have things to say. Uh, so basically it's a supernatural noir comic book. Right. Uh, right. It was uh, published between 2012 and 2014. Initially, it was going to be 12 issues of a limited series, and it ended up being 24. The kind of quick gist is a reporter in 2012 stumbles on a secret that leads him down the darkest path imaginable to a seductive woman who has been on the run since 1935. A mobster who may be an immortal demon monster. <laughs> and the stories of the doomed men who have been caught in their decade-long struggle. Sold. <laughs> right? Damn. Um, Want to give us a quick little rundown yeah. on Brubaker and Phillips? And then we can kind of talk about them for a while, because I feel like there's just like lots to talk about them, too. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll start with Ed Brubaker, who is an American comic book writer, cartoonist, and screenwriter who works primarily in the crime fiction genre, which you can definitely see from this graphic novel. 
Uh, he began his career with the semi-autobiographical series Low Life and a number of serials in the Dark Horse Presents anthology before achieving industry-wide acclaim with the Vertigo series Scene of the Crime and moving to the superhero comics such as Batman, Catwoman, The Authority, Captain America, Daredevil, and Uncanny X-Men. He's all over the place, guys. Yeah. <laughs> He's best known for his long-standing collaboration with British artist, artist Sean Phillips. Uh, starting with their Elseworlds one-shot Batman Gotham Noir in 2001 and continuing with a number of creator-owned series such as Criminal, Incognito, Fatal, which we are discussing today, The Fade Out, and Kill or Be Killed. He's won numerous awards for his comics works, including seven Eisner Awards, which is wild. And, well, and I was just telling you, too, like, so he's won seven, but he's been Mm -hmm. nominated for another seven. Bananas. Uh, also, two Harvey Awards, an Ignatz Award, and a Glad Media Award. Shout out so. to, I think that was for, um, I looked all this up, um, one of the Catman, uh, Catman, Catwoman. Catwoman? Ah, uh, yes. Um, adjacent to that. I haven't read any of them, but obviously nice. it has some good representation stuff because he won a Glad Award. Yeah. So, okay, cool. Um, and another one uh, that wasn't mentioned there that is both um, Brubaker and Phillips is Reckless. Uh, okay. I read the first one of that, and same idea. It's in that kind of, like, crime nice situation. It's really good, and it kind of has... It's not like... I wouldn't say it's, like, serialized, but there's a few um, books that appear to be at least adjacent in the universe kind of a thing. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah. The Brubaker and Phillips comic book universe. Yes. Uh, well, and then, like, and one of the biggest ones, too, is just winter soldier um right if you're like in regards to winter soldier in the mcu that's it's all brubaker and apparently he was actually he did a cameo in i think captain america winter soldier too oh cool yeah nice that's fun um tell us a little bit yeah sean phillips let's talk a little bit about sean phillips who as i think has already been mentioned is a british comic book artist he's who is best known for his collaborations yeah. with Ed Brubaker <laughs> <laughs> on all the comics that we have already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all of them. Did I mention all of those? Sleeper maybe hasn't been mentioned yet. And uh, he's also worked on DC comic series, Wildcats and Hellblazer. Um, and his son is also like a comics creator um, and oh, cool. colorist. He's done a bunch of the color oh, nice. on his comics. Yeah. That's very cool. Oh, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he and Brubaker actually have, in 2013, they did like a five-year contract with Image. Um, Image is kind of one of the like, the cool, like it's more um, cre- creator-owned. Like, whereas okay. like if you yeah. come up with something for Marvel, like it's Marvel's. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, but Image is more like, you get to still like own your stuff. So. Nice. And that's cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Fun. Um, so fatal. Yeah. Right? Man. Even just like, I mean, this is the goal, right? To like, for any sort of creative thing is to like, find that partner. Yeah. To just like, be able to do all stuff. And like, just like their styles and stuff like that. Because like, obviously, everything is like, that little bit different, but then it's still the same. But then like, it's just, Mm -hmm. I enjoy them as a pair. Nice. Yeah, no, I enjoyed this. 
um, from what I've read so far, which is only the first two volumes. Um, well, because I don't think I, I thought it was, like I didn't realize that it was like like as like capped, you know, like had I known it was just like the the five, like I mean, not that I oh just the five of them, yeah, like yeah. so contained, yeah, like well, because like something is killing the children. There's like multiple like right. We did like the two, and I think at this point, you know, we've all read like maybe the three or four, but there's actually like it's like ongoing still. Mm-hmm. Um. So I ended up reading one and two. Yesterday I read three in like nice. literally like 45 minutes. Nice. It was like, it just went so fast. And then I, my plan, I was going to try and read four last night because I knew I would have time to read five today. Uh, but I got distracted last night by somebody fan fiction. That's uh, but I did read four today and I started five. Nice. And now I'm just like, oh my God, now I have to finish this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I definitely need to read more of it. I just was like, <laughs> not well planned over the weekend. Um, yeah, I got yeah. up to many other things. So here we are. I did end up reading the first two, though. Um, hey, listen, this is the first time in a while that I haven't finished reading the book that we're talking about literally the day we're recording. So <laughs> we're counting this as a win. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I'm so... not going to lie to you. That first volume was very confusing. Well, and I think that's why for me, reading further on, like it's start, like it, yes, it's starting to come together more. Because even reading volume two, I was like, oh, I understand what's going on here now. Yeah. Whereas the first volume, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> well, because like it, it does, like based on the, the type, like the the lettering, you can kind yeah. of that gives you a little bits of like, when you are sort of. Mm-hmm. And it's often in like prologues, interludes, epilogues. But because you're you're time jumping, yes. And Joe, Josephine, the main character. Mm-hmm. The whole point of it is she's exactly the same because right. she doesn't she does not, age and or die. Um, but then there's like always these guys around, and it's always like a different guy. And then I'm like, which who is that guy? Which is which guy? <laughs> yes, I think that's yeah. I. Yes, I had trouble keeping the guys in order. And as you read on, there's only more guys. (laughs) Okay, I mean, like, I figured as much. That's, like, the whole point, but... Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, so, like, it starts with her meeting Nick Mm -hmm. and at Dominic Rain's funeral. And he, like, you know, who was, like, a friend of his dad's. Yeah. Yeah. and he kind of like inherited and inherits all of his stuff. So he's going through things and he like found this manuscript and like guys come and try to kill them. And then like Joe saves him and it's a whole thing. He loses his leg because like this plane crashes into the car. It's wild. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> this is all just the prologue of the first book. Yeah. <laughs> and even like by the time I was like later on, I was like, how did he lose his leg? All right. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Right? So much happens. Um, and then you get the little, like, it flips to San Francisco in 1956. You're like, wait, what? Yes. And it's sort of like each volume is kind of in a decade. So that does help. Mm-hmm. But there's still just. That does help, too. That was also once, like, I got to volume two, I was like, okay, I can keep track of this now. Yeah. It was like once I, I had, by then I had figured out how it was working with the time jumping. So yeah. I kind of wanted to go back and read volume one again just to clarify it. But yeah. That was one. That was my plan. But before I 
almost finished them all. I was like, I'm going to go back and read one again. But then I was too distracted trying to, like, read on because I was like, oh, my God. Fair enough. (laughs) But, again, back to Joe. So basically this chronicles Josephine, uh, who according to the wikis or the little blurbs, uh, is an archetypal femme fatale who is seemingly immortal, having survived the 30s uh, to the modern day unaged, and also has a supernatural ability to hypnotize men into becoming intensely infatuated with her, whether she wants them to or not. Uh, And I do like, what is this? Oh yeah. Throughout the decades, she struggles to understand and control her powers while being pursued by a violent cult. Yes, cult. Yes. (laughs) The cult worships cosmic cosmic gods reminiscent of Lovecraftian horrors, which are somehow tied to Joe. Yes. (laughs) And yeah, that's like, I really like that part because it's, again, obviously like this is written by men, but like Mm -hmm. Joe's pretty fucking cool. Right? Like it's not, she's not... Like, oh, the weak female in a comic book or something. But she's also not just, like, some, I don't know, like, slutty bitch who's getting all these things. Like, she's still owning everything and, like, yeah, totally. still trying to, like, navigate stuff with her. And, like, as the series goes on, it's her trying to, like, figure out everything, too. I don't know. I thought she's a very good female lead. Yeah, I completely, completely agree with you on that. Um, I liked her. Yep. And, like, because she does, you do see that she does feel bad that all of these men get, like, caught up in her, in all of the, like, supernatural nonsense. <laughs> and, and that's just it, right? Like, m- many of them die. Mm-hmm. And many of them die because she, like, basically it's just, you know, like, she can will anyone to do whatever, right? Like, um, semi-spoiler, in another volume, a guy is trying to rape her. And she, like, stops him and mm-hmm. then, like, tells him to kill himself. So he oh, does. Um, and that kind of happens with, like, I think maybe even in volume one and two. Like, there's just, like, the, enough of that control that she can, or at the very least, get them to kill other people that are trying mm-hmm. to hurt them or something like that. But that's just it, right? Like, then she still always feels bad. Like, she's still always aware of what's going on. Right. And it's never just to be, like... Ugh, those guys are annoying. like they're in the way again you know like kill them it's you know survival mm-hmm. and stuff related so yeah absolutely um yeah. so in our last episode we did talk some of the lovecraft we did um the ballad of black tom um what did you what do you what talk to me about the cult talk to me what do you think about all that stuff I mean, again, like I said, I was very confused by volume one, so I was unclear about what was <laughs> going on in that section with the cult. But the one in the 70s. Yes. Was very cool. And by cool, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it had the very, like, Manson vibes. Well, yeah. And they tied it to that, too. Like, there mm-hmm. was almost an implication that. Manson was influenced by this um what's his name the head guy oh I always forget his name right? there's so many guys names I know the bishop names. yeah but yeah and I was like what <laughs> but it did it did have that very 
yeah, like Manson family vibes with the cult and like these girls being lured away by them and like, Oof. yeah, ugh. Well, and yeah. I just like loved all the all the weird Hollywood stuff too because yeah, I just think it's interesting. <laughs> also, because it's so funny, like as I was reading that, because like the audiobook that I'm listening to is Cinema Speculation by Quentin Tarantino, and it's hmm. him talking about like it, it, a lot of the different films but like from the 50s 60s 70s and especially like right now it's on to the like 70s very anti-establishment that was kind of when it really stepped away from like studio films right and we got like scorsese and um everyone with that giant group of mm-hmm. all the what do they call them not not the Brat Pack, but they had some kind of name. Cause like oh, did him they? And Spielberg, I actually him and Spielberg that. and Lucas and there's a whole list. Um, Old I didn't and... realize there was a name for, that's cool. Yeah. I know so little about cinema history. It's a huge gap in my knowledge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Side, slash side note. Amazing read. I'm definitely going to have to get like a physical copy just cause like they're talking about like Bullet and Steve McQueen and, and the Deliverance. Ooh. Um, like, <laughs> I, well, and there's also just like so many of those movies that I still haven't seen. Like some of them, absolutely, like watched in film school, or whatever. Right. Um, but then still so many that I haven't. So it was really cool to then be like listening to that while I was doing stuff. But then like going back and like volume two, then yeah, that is reading cool. that because it was kind of like all tying in together. So mm-hmm. definitely loved it. Um, I want to find out more about what um creepy otherworldly monster stuff is happening like because you really just kind of get like like a taste like a taste like well, yeah because like in layer, but you're like but what exactly is going on well yeah because like in the first volume there's detect like police and detectives trying mm-hmm. to solve some like <laughs> gruesome capital g yeah murders with like the guys in the red clip you know robes that we know end up being the like weird actual like demon called people mm-hmm. um but then there's also, like, just, like, the guys in suits that are clearly in charge of, the, like, somehow related to that. And even, like, the police don't seem, like, that worried that it's, like, super culty. And you're like, no, I feel like we should be worried about this. Right? Like, murderous cults are kind of a problem. Because, <laughs> uh-huh. and then eventually, like, there's that book with, like, writing that, like, yes. Joe's trying to find. Because, like, I think Josephine's, like, really trying to still figure out who she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Um, I will say volume three is kind of like a, an in-between spot where it's a whole bunch of throwbacks to previous iterations of Joe. Okay. Interesting. Um, so like World War mm, Right, because two, it says she's say. been on the run since the 30s, but we where we start is the 50s, right? One like one, yeah, and so like that's when she's like officially on the run, but like she's existed longer than that. Yes, there's one um, part of it. One of the issues in volume three is in like France and like I want to say like twelve hundred something. Oh and damn! Then there's another one where it's more like America, Wild West. Okay. She, you know, ends up with this indigenous man and then this other guy who kind of, who clearly, like, knows about, like, the weird cult people and mm-hmm. the book because he's trying to find the book. And he's, one, you know, he has one of those, like, traveling, like, 
snake oil salesman, magic elixir cart things. Um, so you kind of see her throughout the centuries before oh, she cool. becomes like Joe. Whereas like in this whole thing from the 30s on, she's Joe. Mm-hmm. But she was like other people in those ones. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And so then these same people are the ones that are after her. This whole the, time. the weird guys with the suits yeah. and the little hats and the glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which then lead to the guy who seems to be in charge, that bishop guy who, like, very... <laughs> a lot of people die. <laughs> Lots yeah. of the cult people, it's just like, bam, you are getting shot, sliced, stabbed. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're also, like, evil demon people, so, like, fair. Yeah, right? Whatever. <laughs> and then that's all intercut with, like, Nick in the present of like 2012 trying to kind of figure out where she came from how she knew knew his like not uncle but like uncle mm-hmm. dominic and like this manuscript and and basically like what the hell is going on yeah yeah now speaking to the illustrations for said culty road red road mm-hmm. people wild right man like in the second volume because like Susie scream she gets like lots of people get hung up and like weird letter things carved and blood and yeah all the cryptic weird culty things yeah man (laughs) it's pretty gruesome at times and well but i love because like that stuff is so i mean obviously just the fact that it's red against for the most part oh yeah like a dark everything is kind of dark and like slightly muted like it's not purple it's like slightly yeah i mean it's 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 noir it's like yeah yeah but then yeah those are always like very red and then even again she does kind of have her allures so she is with a lot of these gentlemen and like all of those scenes are weird to sound but like so beautiful yes (laughs) um yeah no i know exactly what you mean um yeah i'm sorry i'm flipping back through some of it (laughs) same me too well because then i was getting distracted too because like the in the first issue so um dominic reigns like his pregnant wife is murdered and that is like and that's the straight up Manson murder. So gruesome. Yeah. So bad. And looks like. Yeah. No wonder he goes crazy. Yeah. Oh man. And then yeah, like Josephine just ends up like on the run with some of the times. Um. Yeah. But yeah, sorry. I'm also just like flipping through and like. There's purposely the times where like, it's very again kind of like muted in color mm-hmm. but then when there's an act like something actually violent happening like someone's getting slapped or whatever it's like bright red or then because again we not really every so often you kind of see them like with like weird scary teeth or like the illusion of tentacles but like nothing's been fully yes fleshed out into like this is weird and supernatural scary monster we're still only like getting yeah bits of it and I'll have to say, as to where I am, I still have not. Okay, okay. Fully. 
figured that out. <laughs> or, like, know exactly what's happening or what Joe is. Yeah, like, what is her deal? I have so many questions. Well, because she has that little, like, symbol she draws. Because mm-hmm. it was, like, on her apartment. And, like, one of the guys, I can't remember what it was, what, the detective or Dominic. Because, again, there's so many, like notices and she kind of like rubs it off when they leave um and like that's clearly something yes yeah that's definitely something i partially know but i won't say okay okay. um but it's definitely something and like it so often too well it was also on the tombstone right at the beginning at the funeral yeah yeah we know it's something when even just alludes to a lot of the male characters kind of having that like I don't know, like, extra vision, like, um, I think it's one of the, the, the main detective in volume one, he's remembering, like, as a child, like, he could always, like, see the things, and there's a couple, like, panels where, like, it looks like it's just, like, a truck driving down the road, but then he actually sees, like, the monsters and ghosts and, like, dead people that are there, like, it's, yes, that kind of seeing between realms, worlds, planes, yeah. And I feel like that happens with, like, a few of the characters. Man. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love those kinds of flashes of, like, yeah, that, like, otherworldly whatever's going on. I also really loved, as far as the art is concerned, all of the, like, city scenes that we oh, get. Yes. They're so good. <sighs> well, cause, yeah, like, it's like just... I want to print that and hang it on my wall. Oh, they're so beautiful. And that's just it, right? It's that pure 40s, 50s, noir. Mm-hmm. And because, like, there's there's the motels and the cities and, like, oh, all that stuff. That exact, that's exactly it, right? Like, you just... Yeah, and the, like, like, the, like, rain on pavement at night with, like, all ugh. the lights and... It's great. Yes. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, that's so much. Uh, I feel like... Because uh, I think... I have, like, a... St- well, I mean, not a stack, uh, a virtual stack on, <laughs> on Hoopla, yes. <laughs> um, of other Brew Baker things. But I've I have read Reckless, and it's still it's, is it sixties seventies I think, and it kind of has. That's I mean, like you know, how, like Volume Two is a little maybe warmer. Mm-hmm. It kind of has that where like it's not as noir ish, but again, with all this like film talk stuff, clearly they're very influenced by that. It has that slightly more like seventies crime, French okay, connection, yeah. whatever, like that kind of vibe. Um and obviously like still so beautiful. Um I'm trying there's another which is Oh, the one that I really want to read is uh My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh it's by um them as well. But nice. what is it? Uh, teenage Ellie has always been has romantic ideas about drug addicts, the tragic artistic souls, you know, pills, obsessions, whatever. Uh, but I had it described to me as like, because obviously, I told Mike, mm-hmm. everyone, friend of the podcast, Mike, that we were doing a Brew Baker one, and he showed me like the Winter Soldier, which obviously like that's absolutely one I want to read for sure. Right. And then this one, and he said like this one was just like absolutely like soul crushing like the world there's like no hope for the world at the end and i was like yeah oh geez that's intense and i i mean again it's hard to tell but like based on the cover like it's a slightly 
again, that different genre, but still tied into this kind of noir slash crime slash 70s film. They're just, it's just good. I just like it. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I just want to know what's going on with this weird tentacle monster. And that's just it. Like, I still don't really know. Yeah. What's (laughs) happening? Well, because so volume four is like mid-90s grunge band Seattle. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And five, so far, I believe, seems to be kind of catching up to Nick in 2012. that makes sense. That kind of, like, coming around to that, so... I'm only, I'm not too far into that one, but even just in this one where it has this overarching style, each of them have like, and that was a very like, I hate that I'm even going to say this, in the 1900s, um, <laughs> every decade was very unique style-wise, art-wise, looks-wise, clothing, yeah. art, like all of that stuff. That is true. I think it's just really cool how they like yeah, that is cool. bring it all together. The 1900s. <laughs> oh, like it's how too the, much. Kids, the kids these days would be like, oh yeah, you guys grew up in the late 1900s. Gross. I hate so that. Gross. Or when you see the things and they like, they're looking at people's licenses and they're just like, they don't really have to look because they're like, oh no, I saw the 19 and you're like, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, I went to uh, I went to buy a bottle of wine today, and I'd forgotten my ID, and I was like, oh, no, but they were just like, oh, yeah, here you go. I think it's because I smiled, and it clearly showed that I had, like, smile lines around my eyes. <laughs> I was like, yes, no longer needs to be ID'd. No, but I saw this clip of this interview. This is getting slightly off topic, but um, with For the Last of Us, uh, with Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey, and Bella Ramsey's like young, yeah. And he said something about how his the reruns he, that he was watching was like Golden Girls or something, and she's like, "What's a rerun?" I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, <laughs> the kids don't know what reruns are." <laughs> well, also, like, I wonder what, because again, like, this was from 2012, and. Uh, Brubaker and Sean Phillips are both like mid 50s like I think 56, 50s like somewhere in there so like I feel like it completely makes sense for them but also they're writing these in the like 2010s mm-hmm. so there has to be like newer fans so like what would someone else because I feel like now I don't want to say like kids these days but just humans like reading graphic novels is more common. Like this was not something that like I did growing up. Right. So like to read a book like this, where you have the fifties, this, you know, the set, like, I wonder what, I mean, I don't actually want to know what someone would, (laughs) what, what a young person would think of a book like this, or if they would just like take it as like, Oh, it's a graphic novel. This is like cool drawing, not realizing that it's actually like very, time capsule yeah i don't know i don't know i do really enjoy the way it's structured though around the decades i think it's a really cool way to do it like i it, and it once 
once you figure out how that's mm-hmm. working, I think it's actually it's a really good way to organize the story. And yeah, yeah it's really interesting. Well, I think just with like any kind of stories, and I feel like especially, you know, shout out on our other podcast, uh, Teenage Daydream, uh, when we talk about... <laughs> Um, and everything's, you know, in the early 2000s, but then they'll kind of have those, like, alt timelines or some throwback ones, you know, like there was the episode of the OC where they throw back to, like, Sandy and Kirsten back in college. Yeah. And, like, throwing back to that. So, like, something like this where you're getting that as well, like, you can kind of, as long as you, once you know what's going on, mm-hmm. whereas, like, when you don't always know what's going on so like sometimes when you get like a flashback episode on a tv show like you're still kind of like wait what right um, like wait what's <laughs> happening just like huh what's going on right now yeah okay i feel like we still haven't officially figured out how to pronounce that one lovecraft monster oh yeah i don't know but i'm just kind of like i got stuck on a page here in volume two do we think that that monster is the one that we see here where it's like he has the weird face with the weird teeth and kind of tentacles on his head? I think that's entirely possible, yes. <laughs> I feel like I just was like not looking up Lovecraft monsters. Like that's that's what I was assuming it was because like every <laughs> like um like artistic rendering of that monster yeah has the tentacles. Right? Yeah. So I'm just assuming that that's, that's what it is. I'm like trying to, so it actually like Lovecraft described the pronunciation of that word mm-hmm. as clue, but the first syllable, syllable is pronounced gutturally and very thickly. What does that mean? So it's like Hulu? Hulu. I guess. Hulu. I guess, yeah. A monster of vaguely anthropoid outline with an octopus-like head whose face was a mass of feelers a scaly rubbery looking body prodigious claws on hind and forefeet and long narrow wings behind what the fuck wow like (laughs) how do you even come up with these things i don't i don't know like lovecraft should be like dissected and studied not in like a literary way in like a scientific way (laughs) (laughs) i just don't know what was going on there (laughs) well then so like and for here because again it seems like the leader of the cult is one of those monsters but then we know that josephine is like immortal somehow yeah. Um, and they're tied together somehow because like they keep wanting to do some sort of ritual with her and they're trying to find her mm-hmm. and like the creepy guys like have a sense to like find her like a fifth sixth sense you know like they're yeah. trying to find her and that's why they're like killing all the, these men and, like what so like what what does it have to do with each other I don't know yeah I don't know either but as I'm looking at more of this Lovecraft stuff apparently there is people there is cults that worship the Hulu <laughs> in like the mythology so this is clearly yeah 
yeah. riffing on that, which is cool. Which is so crazy. Worldwide like, cult. Worldwide cult. Wow. Because if you just like, because I kind of kept forgetting that that was part of it because it's just such a great like noir story. Mm-hmm. I know, right? <laughs> and then there would be like this thing where like the the leader would pop up and I'd be like, oh, whoa, weird. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know with her immortality, what's going on with that? Same, right? So weird. Yeah. So we've kind of touched, obviously, like, main character. We like Joe. Structure. The jumping. Mm -hmm. What just, like, about the themes in general? So kind of... I mean, let me rephrase that. What would you say the theme of Fatal is? I love just throwing you for a loop with my silly question. Truly. Well, <laughs> okay. For someone with a lit degree, I'm truly bad at seeing what <laughs> themes are. <laughs> well, I feel like it's one of those things where, like, I wonder if, like, they still, but, like, growing up anyway, like, especially in any English class, right? Like, whenever you read something, you always had to, like, talk about the theme. I mean, I do think even if you don't intentionally put a theme into your work, I think one emerges fairly naturally. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, I always find it difficult too with like sort of supernatural stuff because, mm. yeah, like I just I don't know what's going on yet <laughs> with this weird cult. <laughs> I mean, obviously the cult is around this like monster leader thing. Well, yeah, because so many of the covers, too, have... Yes. Almost all of the covers, actually. I think one, two, three, and five. I think four is the only one that doesn't actually have... Tentacles or a monster? Yeah. Um, Because even five, like, it definitely has, like, the monster's face behind them. Yes. So, like, it has something to do with something. Yeah, right? And, you know, like, I don't know, tentacles are always kind of creepy and weird and, like, I don't know. Yeah, agreed. That's a whole separate thing. I don't, don't even don't even investigate anything, but there may or may not be a complete and absolute area of tentacle porn. Oh, in there the world. most certainly is. Absolutely. Yeah. And even just like the whole like the way that like they would like grab you in and kind of like envelop you, which I feel like that's kind of like what joe does with her mind i don't know so like is she the yeah, monster see, that's really interesting too is like her sort of seductive yeah thing as well like because she doesn't seem to be doing it on purpose at least as far as i've gotten it just seems to be something that happens to people around her yeah like i, th I think there's moments even just in volumes one and two where like she will use it to her advantage. Yes, absolutely. But like. But it doesn't seem like it's something she's consciously turning on. It's just like, it's there. Yeah, it's not. And like sometimes when she, she takes like, advantage of it and sometimes she doesn't. You know, yeah, like when she met the detective in the first one, it wasn't that she like did it. It was that he immediately became obsessively enthralled with her. Yes. So then she used that to her advantage when she needed to. Yeah. And it's, yeah, like it's, it's coming from them, but then she harnesses it i guess yeah i'm so intrigued by that <laughs> it's just like yeah 
I also just like from a writing side of things, I think, well, I mean, you know, we talked about last episode too, like finding some sort of other story and then like bringing it into something like this is just such a great, like well-written story. Mm-hmm. That like, man, it just makes me want to write things. Right? Um, I was reading a review on it and it does say that it could be a little confusing, especially if you don't know, like some of the, the mythos and like the right. Paul stuff, which like, as I said, like, I'm still figuring it out. Um, but like, yeah. yeah, I could see that how maybe there's like references that are being missed with the cult and all of that. Whereas, yeah, like, I think we got a lot of the 50s and, like, 70s Manson, like... Oh, yeah. Was that 100%. 60s. That was 70s, right? It was... Both? I think it may have been... I always get it. I always get it confused. The very end of the 60s. Oh, yeah. Which is why it's confusing, because it would have carried over into sort of, like... Well, and then all the it would stuff have been that... talked about a lot in the seventies, so it ends up straddling that weird kind and all of... that coming up into like popular culture and being made into like films and having references would have then been in right. It was it was nineteen sixty nine. Yeah, so that's why it's kind of almost straddling decades there. Um, but yes, that very clearly was like even the way that the that guy is drawn, like the way he looks in the seventies. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you're, you got that from Charles Manson. <laughs> like, that's what, that's what he looks like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but like, like, I feel like we get some of those references, but even just, there's probably more like, as you know, we talked about this last episode, we're having Lovecraft, Lovecraft January, if anyone hadn't noticed, <laughs> which we yes. accidentally stumbled upon. Completely bad. Um, <laughs> but... I think there's a lot of that stuff where, like, if we knew more Lovecraft stuff, right? maybe some of the references we would be getting a little bit, too. Absolutely. I don't know. Whereas I don't feel like this is... So, The Ballad of Black Tom was pulled from a specific Lovecraft story. Right. I think this is just maybe a Lovecraft monster slash... Yeah, I think it's probably pulling from several different stories and just, like, sort of the overarching mythos of yeah. this monster. The hula. The hula. <laughs> Man. Yeah. It's just the weirdest monster because it has that weird face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um so would you recommend this? What do you think? What are your what is your final thoughts on this? Okay. My final thoughts are I need to finish reading it. Yeah. <laughs> And I will say, as someone who, spoiler, has not always finished the books that we talk about on the podcast, (laughs) and then doesn't always finish them, this I definitely feel like should be finished. Obviously, Mm -hmm. like, I'm partway into the fifth one, so, like, I'm going to finish it. I'll probably finish it today, even, maybe. Um, Yeah, like, I feel like I want you to finish, just so then, like, we can have a follow-up conversation. Yeah, totally. Um... And then just because the way it'll lead into other ones, and especially because I know 
like I want to read more Brubaker. So look, I think it'll just be yeah. nice. Yeah. Yay. And again, had I been more on the ball and realized that it was a contained thing. <laughs> right. We could have just we read, read it. Yeah. Well, you know, this is a good start. But this is this is where it creates more conversation. So if anyone has read any of these or all of these, let's converse. Hit us up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, I think, again, as always, kind of with graphic novels. Or, well, I mean, with a lot of the books we talk about. Yeah. It's sort of just like, I would recommend it to people who are into this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There are people I would not recommend it to because I'm like, you would not enjoy the slightly more gruesome aspects of the story. And because it is a visual medium also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, that's why then like I would lean towards, you know, maybe saying reckless or I really, really want to read Incognito and Criminal, which are, I, these are all Brubaker Phillips stories. Nice. Yeah. Um, and where, yeah, because this has that supernatural gory which is different yes than like regular gory <laughs> hopefully maybe um but yes i agree there's a certain person that i would recommend this to but like yeah i would maybe recommend these two as a pair to everyone mm. almost everyone nice some people don't really deal with don't want the like crime stories which is like fair yeah, but I mean, like, if I feel like if you're into crime stories, if you're into Lovecraft at all, yeah, um, yeah, if you're into just like that kind of noir vibe in general, Ugh. then definitely love noir, right? <laughs> and I kind of like forgot, but then oh it was my. making me like think back to like a bunch of like the films that I watched again. That same idea where it has that like dark contrasty stuff right. and like good times, good times. What is our next episode? What is our next episode? <laughs> oh, it is. We are throwing back to James Baldwin, yes. uh, whom we have done a couple episodes on for February. Uh, we are going to read Giovanni's Room. That's Yay! Okay, very excited. I have read the first three pages like 12 times. Okay. Not because I've been cool. getting stuck, because I keep starting it. And like this was like yeah, yeah, for the last it. year I have started this book. Right. <laughs> and then I did it again the other day and I picked it up and I'm like, I have definitely read this first page. Nice. Um, I have not started it yet, but I'm very excited yeah. because I love James Baldwin. Yeah. And also this has been on my list for a hundred years. Yeah. And by a hundred years, I mean since we read Another Country. Yeah. <laughs> Same. <laughs> we read Another Country and then we all bought like a thousand James Walton yeah, books. Yeah, pretty much. That was pretty much how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that being said, obviously head to the website, anotherbookontheshelf.com. Our blog's there. We got our episodes there. All those things. Everything we talked about is going to be in the show notes, so you can check out all the other uh, Brewbaker books. Um, and as we said, we'll be back in two weeks with some James Baldwin, and we're very excited. We'll see you then. Yes. Bye.